Welcome to Living Embodied, reclaiming our body as safe, sacred, and sovereign space. This is a podcast where we explore mental health and well-being through nurturing the mind-body connection. I'm your host, Sydney, and after a bit of a hiatus, I'm delighted to be back with a new podcast offering. For those who are new to the podcast, let me tell you a bit about myself. I'm a social worker and psychotherapist with a passion for working with people who want a different relationship with their body. For some, the work is to heal from body shame. Others are simply looking for ways to come into a relationship of peace, trust, and respect with the body. We all need support in making wise choices for ourselves and our body in a world that is determined to make those choices for us. I'm coming to you from Penticton, British Columbia, where I make my home in the Okanagan Valley. This is the traditional and unceded territory of the Okanagan Silks people. What I share in this podcast is shaped by my lived reality of being a white, cisgendered, fat woman who has been a social worker and therapist for over 15 years. I think it's important for you to know I live and work with people from a weight-neutral perspective, which, among other things, means this podcast is a diet talk and body-shaming free zone. For more information about me and my practice, check out my site at GaiaTherapy.net and you'll find links in the description. I'm really glad you're here. This podcast is a labor of love for me. My goal is to create and hold space where together through conversations and reflections, we can begin to gain an understanding of the role our body plays in our mental, physical and spiritual well-being. Together we will explore what it means to feel at home in our body and experience living life from the inside out. We set our intention to reclaim our wise body as friend and ally and uncover what it means to live an embodied life. So in this episode of Living Embodied, we meet Lisa Papez. Lisa is a tarot reader, educator, content creator, and author. I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. Lisa is very much a woman of wisdom and has so much insight to offer those on a healing journey, either with their body or just healing in ourselves in general. Our conversation takes some interesting twists and turns, Uh, Among deep exploration about how we relate to our body, Lisa and I talk about how we relate to our own selves and the difference between loneliness and being alone. We also explore the value of practicing mindful presence and accessing intuitive wisdom and the role of gentleness in healing and wellness. Okay, so let's dive in. Get yourself cozy and let's meet Lisa. Well, hello again. 
Welcome back, and um, I'm just really delighted to have with me uh, Lisa Papez, who has joined me today to engage in some conversation. And um, Lisa, welcome to Living Embodied. I'm, I'm so pleased to have you join me in discussion about our relationship with our, our bodies and, and well-being. Uh, welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely. Really great to have you here. Uh, as I mentioned in the introduction, I've, I've known you for quite some time and certainly um, have, you know, admired and respected the work that you do. I think you do such um, interesting and important work out in the world and really just happy to have some time to have you here and, and talk about uh, some of that work. So let's launch right into that. Um, I invite, you know, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and, and the work you do by way of introduction? Sure. Uh, I lo- I've done... Gosh, I feel like since I was maybe in my early 20s, I've been on a path to do work around just self-worth as a general topic. And that's mm-hmm. taken a number of forms, right? I mm-hmm. um, have done a lot of spiritual work around self-worth. And eventually that led me to yoga and right. to explore the body and self-worth through yoga. I became a yoga teacher, really specializing in all types of bodies, aging bodies, bodies mm-hmm. that have hurt, you know, that have pain, right. bodies that are different sizes and shapes. And right. so I launched body positivity yoga and taught yoga as the fat yogini for years and had a marvelous right. <laughs> experience. Oh, so wonderful. Yeah. It, was, it was a really, really powerful journey because yoga was really what initially healed my relationship with my body. So right. that sort of led me down the path of self-worth. I eventually went on to take that work in different directions. I wrote a book. I, I became mm-hmm. a tarot, te- tarot teacher, tarot reader, and I, I do a lot of educating around basically self-worth is in everything I do. So that's like my main mm-hmm. thing, the thread that connects it all. It's it's all just wonderful stuff, and uh, I think you and I first met in you know circles of uh, uh, spiritual path groups, and certainly connected over uh, body image work and um, you know around the especially the work you, you did with in your yoga, uh, supporting yoga in in all bodies, yoga in fat bodies, which is just beautiful, and. Um, and the, the tarot I find really interesting and exciting. I've been checking out your website and, uh, you know, watching some of your videos and learning from you and, um, and also, uh, your, your, your writing is really uh, amazing work. I hope oh. we can talk a little bit, you know, about your book, The Self-Worth Path, which I've, uh, I've really been enjoying. When, when did, when did you put that out into the world? Oh, goodness. Um, I think I put it out in 20, I'd have to actually look, 2020, it looks like, just before the pandemic, right? Uh, which right. is how we track time now. Uh, right, but it, yes. It took me uh, quite a while to get to the point where I could release it. I, I probably worked on the book for about five years in total. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, I'm, I, I think you just have such a, um, I don't know, I really like your 
your framework and how you've conceptualized this this healing work of um, a, a self worth path. And oh, that's a challenging title to say, actually. <laughs> yes. Path. And um, so, just wanted to 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 put that out there, and uh, hopefully, we can maybe put a link to it or something in the in the episode description because there's a lot of really great reflections and journal exercises and um yeah just uh i think a really helpful tool for folks who are looking to you know whether heal their relationship with their body or just you know improve their well-being in general uh a real a really great resource for sure Oh, thank you so much. It's it's yeah. it's actually a funny story, but um, I don't know how familiar you are with yoga in general. I feel like you are quite familiar. I, I'm a you know i i practice I practice at home. I'm not a you know yeah. I am fairly familiar. How about I say that? <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> that works because it was the the five layers of self worth that I go through in in the book mm-hmm. is really mm-hmm. modeled after the kosha system which is about ah. how there's five layers of the self that take us deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's right. sort of how we walk the self-worth path. We start sort of, at least the way that I take us through is we guide, yes. we start from the outside in and we work right. deeper and deeper in layers. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's, um, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, because you definitely started with the, um, I think it was the, the relationship with the body and then some elements of self-awareness, yep. right? Kind of move, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's really uh, really interesting. How you intentionally create or you know sub- developed or promote the system where people can you can kind of take one step at a time. Yeah, it, I think it's it important like. to sort of meet yourself where you are in any work yeah. around yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've always felt a, you know, a, a kinship or a resonance with, with the work you do that, you know, definitely out there, uh, supporting body positivity and, um, you know, how all of the different ways of, you know, through mental well-being or through the intuition and tarot or through actual, you know, body work with, uh, the the yoga practice um to me these are all sort of beautiful pathways into this experience of of embodiment um so i guess i'm transitioning into that part of our conversation um lisa and you know the the question around uh, what you know what is your understanding of embodiment and why do you Mm -hmm. think it's um important or something to pursue or practice to me, ultimately, embodiment is really the concept of the, the mind-body connection or the, the soul or self-body connection. And to me, when we're, I, I do come at this from, my, I guess I would say, a body acceptance perspective in the sense that right. I would say that when we're at war with our physical self, when we feel not at home in our skin, when we mm-hmm. feel like our body is somehow separate from us or something we try to distance ourselves from, then right. we move through the world as if we don't have a right to be there, that we don't have a right to take up space. Whereas when we have a, a solid relationship with our body, we don't have to love every aspect of ourselves, in my opinion. But when we build that sort of rapport with our physical self and we, we sort of bridge the gap between self and body, when we do that well, then we can walk through the world as if we have a right to be there, a right to take up space. And we have a tendency to move through the world much differently in an, when we're embodied than we do when we're not. Hmm. Um. 
can can you think of a an example of that off the, off the top of your head in terms of moving differently through the world? Well, sure. In a literal um, sense, yeah. We, in a literal sense, we when we are not embodied, when we don't feel comfortable in our skin, we might have mm -hmm. a tendency to not look the world squarely in the face. We might like literally look ah. at our feet when we walk. We might slouch. Right. Um, right. That's how it manifests, in my opinion, physically. We sort of we assume that we have to get out of everybody else's way, which is polite, of course, but there's more to it than that. There's this feeling of not feeling like we have a right to be there that sort of mm -hmm. leads into the way that we move physically. And then mm -hmm. when you take it to deeper layers, then you're talking about, do you feel comfortable showing up? Do you feel comfortable putting your important words or work forward? Do you feel like you have a, a right to have a voice? Do you feel like you have a right to share the things you're passionate about or uh, state your opinions with confidence? You know, at what mm -hmm. point do you really be present Versus when are you hiding or retreating into yourself? Mm -hmm. It's, um, you know, it really speaks to how the, sort of the issue of uh, body positivity, you know, is so much more than, I don't know, just, you know, how good I feel in a pair of jeans maybe oh. or uh right they're they're yes. sort of ramification those are huge ramifications that you're talking about in well, terms right. of developing a more peaceful or centered or settled relationship with your body has impacts on your you, you know your ability to connect authentically in relationships to uh, you know express your you know, engage in your work and, and your passion in the world in a meaningful and authentic way. Absolutely. I think it's interesting, the piece about how you engage in relationships, because when you don't feel good in your skin, again, a lot of this, like you said, said it, it sort of feels as though the focus on body positivity or body mm -hmm. acceptance is mm -hmm. often on aesthetics. Like we want to look right. a certain way or we want to fit right. in. I think right. to some degree, there's a piece to address there around societal beauty standards and such. Sure. But sure. when you get a little deeper, you you realize that when we feel like we are not, when we don't inherently belong because we feel like there's something wrong with us, when we have this sort of disjointed yeah. relationship with the self, what yeah. ends up happening is that we don't, and we don't advocate for our needs, we don't advocate for our own happiness, we don't, um, we don't engage in relationships that are nourishing. We we accept things that we shouldn't accept for ourselves because we feel mm -hmm. like it's the quote unquote best we can get. There's so many layers to how mm -hmm. this how this works, at least that mm -hmm. I've experienced working with either yoga clients or tarot mm -hmm. clients. And mm -hmm. that's the whole point of why I feel like it's important to start with the body. Because if mm -hmm. you can build rapport there, everything mm -hmm. else gets just that much easier to work on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. And, and I think it, it bears circling back to and, and maybe highlighting the point you made earlier around... Um, you know, you don't necessarily have to love every, you know, part of your body. Um, you know, it's, and, and that maybe relates to that breaking beyond just the aesthetics piece, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I may never fully appreciate um, my size, for, right for for some reason right i might i might mm -hmm. be able to come to a place of at least not sort of actively hating or or healing shame you mm -hmm. know but it might just be that yeah in my life i might have preferred to have different thighs 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. No, if that makes sense. It absolutely yeah. makes sense. And I think yeah. I think one of the other things that happens for people is we we sometimes do a disservice by by speaking about body acceptance from a place of love your body because yeah. t- tell tell somebody with chronic pain to love their right. body or tell right. somebody who, you know, isn't able to to physically function in the world the way that they want to to Mm -hmm. love their body. It's really Mm -hmm. challenging stuff. But if we Mm -hmm. can recognize that like, this is the body we have. So how can we build a relationship with the body we have now, Mm -hmm. not the body we wish we had, then suddenly we give ourselves permission to be, to be enough as we are. Wow. Absolutely. Uh, Often I'm talking with folks about, um, you know, sort of letting go that possible future body. And just as you're, you're suggesting or, you know, saying that how can we get into relationship with, you know, the, the body we're in right here and, and right now. Yes. Yeah. It's so important. Um, mm-hmm. Now this is, I, like I say, I'm, I'm kind of making my way through, through your book and I've just been reading the section on aloneness versus loneliness and uh, I don't mean to throw a curveball at you, but I guess it, it is a little bit of one just in terms of, um, you know, would you be willing to speak to this idea of sort of developing that comfort with yourself yeah. and that relationship? Like you say in, in the book that, you know, you know, you are the only person that you absolutely will spend for sure the rest of your life. With, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it's true. I mean, when I spent a lot of years feeling really uncomfortable being alone and a lot of that mm-hmm. has to do with upbringing and never having privacy or alone time and mm-hmm. not really being in a position to where I was, it was cultivated that, that idea mm-hmm. of having just building a relationship with yourself was not something that was ever even a thought for me for right. years and years. Right. And for me, that also represents or shows up, I should say in my attachment patterns with partners or even mm-hmm. with friends and the anxious way, like I would constantly need reassurance that somebody's not going somewhere or that, you know, right. we're present together. And so there's a real codependent pattern that I think builds up for those of us who don't know how to have a relationship just with ourselves. So that, that section in the book, the step about getting comfortable with being alone is yeah. really pertinent to those of us who are kind of uncomfortable and quiet. Like maybe when we're alone, we always distract ourselves with TV or books or games or something. And we just don't know how to be with our own thoughts and with our own feelings. We're always kind of looking for some sort of external source of validation or worthiness. Mm -hmm. And that piece about learning to be alone and comfortable in aloneness is a really great building block for eventually getting more comfortable with your thoughts, your feelings, um, your experiences, mm-hmm. the ability to process those. Mm-hmm. It's a really important piece that some of us, not all of us, really struggle with. And I was one of those. So it was important that I have that in there. Well, it, it was really interesting for me because I think it, it definitely, I, I could see that there is more growth that I can do in, in that area that, uh, you know, the amount of distractions that, that I rely on. And it was quite funny, Lisa, because when I was sitting down to read, I normally do have some, you know, music playing in in the background and I was feeling actually a little, it was distracting me. So I turned it off and then I moved into that section of your, of your book. (laughs) That's amazing. I kind of felt kind of, I was like, yay. Okay. Oh, you got there on your own. I can build on that. Right. Yeah. I can work with that. So 
That's so um, true. Yeah. And, and I, and I can only suspect that if we sort of work towards that, um, at least more peaceful relationship with with our body we might have an easier time kind of settling into that sort of more centered space absolutely um, because that's one less thing we're maybe needing to distract ourselves from right that's right uh, you know we're I, often I, running away from something we're avoiding right. something you know right, right. yeah absolutely well is, is there anything else you wanted to say about embodiment in particular perhaps so you know other ways that might come into play with your work well actually I was just thinking about that it's interesting the idea we you touched on it earlier about um and we we both kind of spoke about the idea of being present like not being Mm -hmm. in the future and not being in the past Mm -hmm. and this is actually a real cornerstone of the way I do work with tarot clients actually right which is interesting because a lot of times when we come to tarot or to a form of divination, we're looking for answers about the future, but the process of unpacking where you are right now and your trajectory and where you're headed, you get the most uh, significant value from that experience. If when you're in that experience, whether you're pulling cards for yourself or whether you're talking to a trusted friend or you're getting a reading or whatnot, you get the Mm -hmm. most value from that experience when you're really physically present in the present, when you're really in your body, when you're really here right now, and not sort of um, disassociating, you know, not sort of checked out of the experience, because you're just waiting for an authority to tell you the truth about yourself. And I think that when we're present, when we're really in the self, which to me is a part of embodiment, it's having that strong connection. When we're in the present, we have this opportunity to absorb so much more wisdom, whether it's from internal or external or both at the same time, ideally is what's happening. We're able to sort of have that, that connection with ourselves or with another human or, or whatever we're doing. Right. You know, that makes, there's a a saying that I've heard in, you know, counseling or psychotherapy circles where we are encouraged to stay in the chair right? Mm-hmm. Which is, I think is what you're, you're talking about. Yes. Like if we really want to be a support to the people we're working with, it's that being fully present, you know, you know, and invariably sometimes thoughts pop in your head like, oh, you know, I got to remember to go get eggs, right? <laughs> whatever the, the yeah. thing is. I don't know if we can ever fully be, you know, a million percent present all the time. Right. But, but generally for the most part, allowing yourself to be in your body, to be, to be fully present. And and you're saying that even in doing work that might be about, you know, perhaps thinking about, about the future or where I'm going, it's more helpful to be in my body and to be fully present when engaging in that. Yeah. And in fact, when I do client readings for, Mm -hmm. for the people that I work with, I guide my client every single time through just a simple breath practice of just breath awareness as a point of feel the, feel the fact that you're breathing because that's the easiest and simplest way I've found over the years to bring Mm -hmm. you into the present moment because the breath is always happening right now. So Mm -hmm. I always guide my clients to come into the breath, not to change or judge the breath or do any specific activity, but just to notice that your breathing is such a powerful way to get you anchored in the present. And so I'll do that with clients and I'll also invite them to notice sensations between just simple sensation between their body and whatever they happen to be touching. So like feet on floor, hands on table, whatever. 
And it's so powerful for me as I'm guiding my client through that practice. I'm also, of course, bringing my own awareness to those same places. And it's transformative sure. how it changes the experience. Wow. Yeah. Well, and, and it's like, as you were describing that, I'm feeling myself, you know, do, it. do that. You almost and can't help it, right? As soon no. as you hear it, you're automatically like, oh, right, I'm breathing. Oh, right, I'm touching yeah. something. Yeah. Simple. And I can feel perhaps my heart rate getting just a little, you know, more relaxed and feeling, you know, a little more comfort from maybe the stress of hosting a conversation and, you know, <laughs> uh, doing that kind of thing. So thank yes. you for those examples. I think that oh. that's really um, helpful in, in probably many situations that we may find ourselves in, right? Just yeah. uh, those um, uh, opportunities to come to come back into ourselves and, and be fully present. Um, yeah, they're very, very helpful. Yeah. Now, when I reached out to you, I, I mentioned that, you know, I sort of have these topics that I've, I've been going through um, as I've been going through the year. And the one that was associated with August, as we're winding it down, was uh, gentleness. Mm-hmm. And uh, I invited you to think about, you know, gentleness and why it might be important when it becomes, uh, when it comes to our self-worth and relationship with our body. So I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on that to share. Sure. I I mentioned earlier that one of the the really important qualities of any of the work that I do, whether it's self-worth or yoga or whatever it is, is that we meet ourselves where we are. And to me, this is the quality of gentleness and of uh, giving ourselves grace this idea mm-hmm. that we don't have to be perfect. We just recognize where we are. And then we have a moment of gentleness and compassion for that spot. And that's mm-hmm. ex- that's such an important part of how I do any, any work, whether it's work on myself, uh, self-development, such things, you know, stuff like that, or whether mm-hmm. it is guiding somebody else through an experience, that, that space of reminding ourselves or reminding other that we can meet ourselves exactly in the space that we're in now and that we can do that without judgment or we can strive to do that without judgment. That's to me cultivating a space where we create the perfect conditions for growth. It's very powerful thing to say because I think many of us feel that, um, that we need to be harsh with ourselves Mm -hmm to motivate ourselves to do whatever, whether it's, you know, related to productivity or even for growth or, you know, uh, in terms of our personal selves or in relationships, um, we, we tend to have this idea that, you know, no, we gotta, we gotta give ourselves a kick in the ass in order to get anything done. Um, so true. And, and yet I suspect from what I've understood it, it's it it's strange because you may get an initial um, bit of momentum from engaging your harsh inner critic, mm-hmm. but I understand. I don't think it's very sustainable. It's not when... sustainable. It's mm-hmm. how we crash and burn, right? I, mm-hmm. I like to call it the the wee splat, right? We go wee, wee? we're like on a roll, oh, okay. and then we crash, right? It's kind right. of like the the tick 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 up of a roller coaster. Like you think you're gaining momentum, and sure, you might. 
but right. it's it's short and it's fast bursts of momentum. And what right. I find when we engage that harshness to sort of kick our butts, you know, mm-hmm. there can be power mm-hmm. in that. But when we sure. do that, we often are more likely to put ourselves in a position where we're kind of falling apart at the edges because it's not, we're not giving ourselves the space to actually expand. When I think gentleness, I think about creating space to stretch and move because yeah. there's there's an openness to that sense of self-acceptance, right? But when we come right. at it with restriction and judgment and kind of harshness, that sort of presses mm-hmm. in on us. So we have mm-hmm. we don't have space to grow and expand within that environment. And we can think of it the same as, um, there's a, probably a million analogies, but you could think about a plant. If you hem it all in with a bunch of things you're thinking are trying to help it, and it mm-hmm. has no room to actually, if it's not in the big enough pot, it's still not going to grow, no matter how much mm-hmm. pressure you put it under. Um, and I have a black thumb. I don't know why a plant analogy came to me, but there it is. Uh, it's the strangest thing. But yeah, I think I think gentleness and meeting ourselves where where we are gives us that opportunity to expand. It's our bigger pot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what I've often talked with folks about, and in my own work, I I think it's I think it's true that when we have when we hold ourselves in gentleness we develop a greater sense of safety within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if we feel safer within ourselves, I think we're more willing to see ourselves clearly, which then means we're more apt to actually see where are our challenges and where can, you know, where do we have opportunities for growth? Uh, And I think we're also more likely to, perhaps be vulnerable and take risks because we know that when we invariably run into those bumps in the road that we'll be holding ourselves in gentleness Mm -hmm. so we don't have to be afraid of ourselves I don't know if I'm explaining that very well no that was beautifully uh, put that was beautifully put it's 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 true that we can have our own back that we can support ourselves through processes and a lot of us don't come up in life with a lot of self-trust and those, those skills aren't necessarily cultivated in society, right? We're constantly fed external sources of validation or of um, we're constantly told we're not good enough. That's the nature of any kind of marketing, right? Right. So when we have that softness for ourselves and we have the gentleness for ourselves, we can begin to cultivate that self-trust and realize that even if other people let us down, we don't have to let ourselves down. We can have our own back. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is again sort of bringing in that power of developing our space of aloneness with ourselves, right? Yes. And and knowing that again, that is the the relationship that'll be with us the rest the rest of our lives. So yep. it's um it's an important one to develop and nurture. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, was there anything else you wanted to say about about the topic of gentleness? Not that I can think of. I think the biggest thing, like I said, is just is just cultivating that soft space mm-hmm. and also kind of crowding out the inner critic with your own voice, I think is really right. important, you know, with right. a more confident inner voice. Yeah. Not giving it the room to sort of take root. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I often talk about turning down the volume on the inner critic and turning up the volume on, you know, other more helpful voices yes. <laughs> in there, right? Yes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, I feel like we could probably go down many more interesting rabbit holes yes. uh, in this conversation. 
Um, but I want, I want to thank you for, uh, I don't know, Lisa, I just feel like you just have this wonderful, uh, an image of the metaphor that's coming to me is like a beautiful spider web, of, uh, kind of, you know, support and healing and growth and all at the center, um, of course, self-worth, right, 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 right there in, in the center, holding it all together. And, um, Again, I want to uh, thank you for taking some time to come and, and speak with me. Um, do you have any uh, any resources that you might recommend to folks? Uh, certainly, I, I, I want to put the self-worth path right, right up there and your supportive tarot uh, work. Um, is there anything else you wanted to, to highlight? Oh, gosh, I am a huge fan of uh, health at every size, obviously yes. by, by yes. Dr. Bacon. I'm yeah. also a big fan of Brene Brown's work. I think she's mm -hmm. got a lot of wisdom in her writing that really, I think is, is, uh, instrumental, I think for a lot of us in cultivating vulnerability and authenticity, I think her work right. has been very profound. Um, right. so I always recommend anything by her, but especially, Oh, what was her first book? The one that just, Oh, it's not well, coming to I... me either, but we can look it up and put it yeah, in, we'll in the podcast there. description because yeah, yeah. My, my brain is failing me too. Yeah. Um, it's the, I think it's yeah. the power of vulnerability or something along those lines, right. but right. so, 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 so good. But mm -hmm. I love her work for sure. That, that'd be the top of my list. Absolutely. Well, thank you. And so how can people find you, Lisa? The easiest way to find me is probably outside of YouTube, which is where I make all of my content these days. Um, right. The easiest place is probably my website. So you can look me up at lisapapez.com or supportiveterro.com. They both go to the same place. Uh, right. So that's the easiest way to find me online. Oh, excellent. Um, well, I, I'm kind of sad to, to wrap up our conversation and I hope maybe we can uh, do this again sometime, but I want to thank you once again for thank your you. time and your insight. It's been um, a real pleasure and we'll certainly put your, your contact information and links and all that good stuff uh, in, in the podcast description. Oh, thank you so much. So, and thank you for all the work that you do around embodiment. This is so important and we need more voices like yours out there to spread that message, right? Well, thank you. Um, it's, you know, it's so helpful to have, you know, other folks out there. And I definitely, like I say, you're, you're one of those, you know, beacons of light that um, in my own sort of web <laughs> of support, Aww, you know, you. and knowing that, uh, you know, we're not, we're not out there alone. No, so, definitely not. Yeah. Thank you very much, Lisa. It was a real pleasure. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello again. I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Lisa as much as I enjoyed experiencing it. And I hope you find spaces and places to be fully present and gentle with yourself. Lisa's work is a great resource for embodiment and healing work. Be sure to check out her contact information in the episode description and connect with her if you feel so called. And if you're looking for therapeutic support in your healing journey, please reach out to me via my website at GaiaTherapy.net, sign up for my newsletter, 
links to both are in the episode description. And with that, I, I bid you a fond farewell. Thank you so much for listening and may you experience your body as safe, sacred, and sovereign space. <laughs>